Nothing on the Bunnell Foundation's Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast should be considered medical advice. Medical advice can only come from your CF physician. Cystic fibrosis can be a devastating diagnosis, but living with the disease can bring positivity and a new appreciation for each day. From the Bonnell Foundation in Detroit, Michigan, it's the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast, sponsored by Vertex Pharmaceutical. Here's your host, Laura Bonnell. Thanks for joining us. Michelle Wright is the co-founder, along with her husband, Terry Wright, of the National Organization of African Americans of CF. Her husband, Terry, has cystic fibrosis, and he is the president of the foundation, and Michelle is the board chair. And first, we just wanted to start with how your CF journey began. You can explain it, but African-Americans having CF isn't as common as Caucasians having CF, so it was overlooked for decades for you, Terry, right? So why don't you briefly share your story about how that diagnosis process went, and then Michelle, talk about why you decided to start this foundation. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate getting the opportunity to uh, tell my story. I'm Terry Wright. Um, How it all started as a kid, my journey with CF, just as a kid, just going through many, many different processes of the disease itself. There was different symptoms that I was living with with CF that would be typically identified as cystic fibrosis due to it's not very common or noticeable or recognized in the African-American community. I was just overlooked, basically just overlooked. I remember seeing many doctors on my journey Uh, just being sick all the time. I went through all the different um, procedures, uh, sinuses, operations, pancreatitis, GI problems, hearing problems, that mucus was just wreaking habit on my body. I truly believe there's other problems I was having with this, uh, yet probably still not even recognized up under the radar of cystic fibrosis, even in the African-American community. And with all those symptoms, those are red flags, like CF red flags. Had you ever heard of cystic fibrosis before that or had the doctors and they were just missing it? What happened? I'd never heard the word ever spoken before, cystic fibrosis. This is what I used to hear, that you have a virus, uh, you have ulcers, you have all these different stomach, you have the flu, just all these different things. And what they used to do, just shoot me with medicine and I would just suffer. That was the worst pain ever felt in my life because the GI, um, the cystic fibrosis, it started with me with the GI system. That's where it initially started, just wreaking habit with my GI system. I remember uh, seeing many doctors they would look at me and, <laughs> and were just wondering what's going on with him. I will say when I met Terry, we did hear of cystic fibrosis. And that's when we walked into a clinic because Terry was having what appeared to be pneumonia. We walked into a clinic and that doctor, and that was the first time we actually heard of it, both for the first time. And that doctor said, if you were not African-American, I would say I said cystic fibrosis. And that was the first time it came up. And it didn't come up again until almost 17 years later when we walked 
finding desperate to find answers. I mean, keep in mind, Terry even had a serious pancreas surgery, pancreacojejunostomy. He had um, all these different things, gallbladder removed, but they were treating the symptoms because what was going on didn't have a name until he was 54 years old. And at that time, they sent him back to the children's hospital. He spent so many years as a child to have that sweat test. And that's when they finally put a name to this mysterious disease. And at that point, at the age of 54, he was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. So you've only been diagnosed for four years. I mean, that is heartbreaking and sad. I know what my daughters have gone through and the digestive part of CF is horrible. Stomach pain, brutal, just unbearable. I cannot believe you had to go through this for 54 years. Have you learned since your diagnosis as far as, well, I guess this gets into the advocating and why, you know, you came about with your foundation, Michelle, uh, both of you, but from your experience, why did you decide to move forward this way with your advocacy and foundation? Because if you look at what Terry went through, a lot of assumptions, stereotypes, and bias diagnosis were made on the basis of him simply being an African-American. So we started our organization because of his story And we started with a mission to engage, to educate, and to raise cystic fibrosis awareness in the African-American community. And we also wanted to help to bring valuable resources, knowledge, and empowerment alongside support to uh, CF patients, their families, uh, healthcare professionals, again, in our community. So we wanted to reach beyond the diagnosis If you look at the statistics, the statistics show that less than 5% of individuals with cystic fibrosis are African-Americans. We believe it's higher. We just believe it's either been misdiagnosed, not diagnosed at all, underdiagnosed, whatever you want to call it. And so it's important to have a voice in the community and the National Organization of African-Americans with Cystic Fibrosis, which is also known as NOAA-SELF, is that voice. So we are here with the goal of connecting, engaging, and again, raising CF awareness in the African-American community, but we want to make sure we even go beyond that through our national platform. And I bet you're a million percent right. I bet that there are so many other people that need to be diagnosed in the African-American community. I talked to a doctor who's done work with CF in Egypt, and they just weren't diagnosing people because they didn't think that it existed in Egyptian people. But they've now diagnosed a thousand people and and expect to diagnose 10,000 more in the next few years. So Through your efforts, have you been able to help get people diagnosed or kind of how do you see this going in the future? It is really making a difference because we have been collaborating with a lot of great organizations. I don't know, Laura, if you've heard of the Bonnell organization. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But but excellent organizations like Bunnell Foundation, CFRI, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, 
CF Roundtable. We have just been working across all these different diverse platforms to bring awareness to this cause. And a, a lot has been done. We've had an opportunity to speak at NACFC. We had a opportunity to speak at, I believe it was called a Night of Hope. <laughs> at our event, yes. <laughs> your, it was uh, fabulous. Event. And really, it was fabulous. You opened the eyes of me and so many people. Uh, What you're doing is phenomenal. Thank you. We're so glad that you were a part of our first virtual event. And hopefully we'll, we'll get in person at some point. But really, it's just wonderful to meet you both. Thank you. Thank you. And watch the work that you're doing. And I have to say, and I know you agree, our CF community is such a tight-knit group. Of course, we're helping one another, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. And we want to make sure that those we don't reach are reached through Terry's coloring book, Terry's Journey to CF Land. And I'm so proud of him because his book was just selected by Book Authority in the top spot for the eight books to read in 2021. I know your um, listeners can't see the book, but they can definitely go to our website at org and take a look at the book. Oh, we'll, so, yeah, we'll put a link for sure. So people will see it on our webpage. And I think, again, you know, we've been talking about it a lot more lately because people are talking about racism again and and things are being more open but somebody with cf does need to see themselves somebody who is african american with cf they need to see it i know in all my dealings with we have a cystic fibrosis portraits of cf calendar trying to get CF people who are African-American in those calendars, you know, with HIPAA and trying to get to people, it's obviously we have done it, but I just think that it's fabulous. You're a great resource and are helping so many people. Tell me some of the other things that you're working on now. Oh, yes. Well, one thing we're very, very excited about that actually corresponds with Rare Disease Day, which is February the 28th. We are having the first ever virtual BioMerge conference. And BioMerge stands for Blacks, Indigenous, and Other Minority Ethnicities with Rare and Genetic Disease. That's going to be on Saturday, February the 27th. And we can send you a link to share with your audience. But we're going to have some fabulous speakers, including... Dr. Jennifer Taylor Kowser, and she's going to speak on great strides and future directions in CF, no one left behind. And if you didn't have a chance to hear her at NACFC, she was absolutely phenomenal. We're also going to have Dr. Jason Taylor, another Taylor, no relation, that's going to speak on lupus, clinical manifestations, and management. And part of what BioMerge is going to do on an annual basis is feature two different rare and genetic disease states every year. And since I have lupus and my husband uh, has CF, it actually would be 27 years for me on Valentine's Day. Then we just felt those were the two right genetic and rare diseases to begin with. 
That is fantastic. So you will raise awareness about everything that you're doing. And I have already signed up for that. Just uh, (laughs) I've already done that. Sure. Um, Terry, tell me how these past four years have been with a diagnosis. I mean, has your life changed? What's happened? Laura, these four years have been just fantastic because it was just a deep breath knowing that, okay, I got the diagnosis. Now, okay, let's go with the treatment. Once you get a diagnosis, you need a treatment so you can move on. So by me getting the diagnosis and and now that I'm able to have the proper care of the CF care of the uh, care team of uh, qualified caretakers that able to see all the symptoms and able to do what they need to do, uh, especially my uh, respiratory therapist. I have a dynamic team that really worked diligently keeping me up and going because prior to this, I constantly was having those flare-ups, back to back, back to back, uh, that chronic pneumonia, just everything would just hit my body. And I would always question myself, why am I still having all this pneumonia in my body? It just come out of no place. Here I am just having pneumonia. It, it, it was just terrifying to me, but but since those four years of having the proper care has definitely changed my life, my attitude, I got hope. That's why um, NORSEF, <laughs> the National Organization of African American, is uh, bringing that light in that area to give us hope. Absolutely. Yes. And you're giving so many people hope. And you're in Arkansas. Yes, yes. ma'am. So how... Is the CF community there? And how is awareness in Arkansas? You know, we got to give a special shout out to Kelly Bulletin, the executive director and her team. Go Kelly. Yes, we have we have worked (laughs) diligently with them. They have the CF fighter panel coming up. We've had a chance to speak to their board. Um, Terry just won the CL Star Award for Arkansas. So we are very excited about that. So whether it's local, regional, or national, if we can just touch the lives of one person, then our work is not in vain. And have you talked with people who are African-American who were diagnosed because of your work? Have you had any conversations with anybody yet? It's more anecdotal, like even one of the individuals on our board, uh, Zipporah Silly, speak of just the awareness now of African-American families asking more questions. Can my child have CF? And just bringing the awareness is helping to drive those individuals back to their healthcare professionals to, to ask those questions. So it's it's work in progress. And I would think with newborn screening now that more African-Americans would be diagnosed. Am I wrong? Or are they being caught? No, you are absolutely correct. And that's why we're working closely, again, with all these different organizations, working closely with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundations to bring awareness. We do want to bring awareness from a newborn screening perspective, but we know also Terry is not the only one with his testimony. A lot of African Americans could have already passed without ever knowing there was cystic fibrosis. But those that's out there that's hearing our story, we have individuals that are reaching out to us saying, 
could I have cystic fibrosis? These are my symptoms. And it's not like you can go to the internet and find a brochure on this for African-Americans. So we still have a long ways to go, but what's exciting is we having the discussions, we're engaging, we're raising awareness, we're educating, and we're working in synergy with other organizations to make sure that fewer and fewer African-Americans and other people of color don't fall through the cracks. And let me ask you this, with COVID, African-Americans are more susceptible to dying from COVID. Three times higher, yeah. Right. So with cystic fibrosis, is there anything like that that we don't know? I mean, I know as far as my girls go, one is usually sicker than the other, but they have the same genetic mutations. So I'm unaware. Is there a difference for people with CF? Is it worse? Is it I can tell you this, and and Terry can elaborate on this too. The majority of African-Americans are going to have rare mutations. How that actually correlates to the severity of the disease is something that I would love an organization to partner with NOAA-Self to find out. I can say Terry's disease was so severe it impacted severely. I mean, we're, we're talking uh, gravely ill. It impacted his sinus. He stayed constantly in a hospital with double pneumonia. His pancreas, again, I mentioned in 2001, he had a pancreacojejunostomy. When I met Terry, whenever he would eat, he would turn around and bring it back up. And he was constantly going to the emergency room. What's amazing is something as simple as pancreas enzymes completely transformed his quality of life. He was able to eat and keep it down. I mean, we tried to have children and nobody can speak to that more than Terry. And prior to using the pancreas enzymes, my food was not even digesting at all. I would eat, it would just sit there and just ferment on my stomach. And I used to wonder, why my food is not digesting. Had I known I had that terrible disease of cystic fibrosis, the lights would have went off in my head. Okay, that's why my food is not digesting. It's because of this disease. Yeah, you're getting half your nutrients. I mean, you're sort of starving there and just so much you're not getting. We always felt we were missing something and didn't have any ideas in, in late 2016, and it also made sense why we couldn't have children, but in late 2016, he spent Christmas in the hospital, you know, through the New Year's of 2017, he was in the hospital, and during that time, it was almost like a month back to back, and I knew if we didn't find answers soon, he wasn't going to make it, and that's when I just made the bold decision to start from scratch and go to a research hospital. And in no time, they walked in the room and they mentioned that he's African-American, but he appears to have the classic signs of cystic fibrosis. But what I appreciate this time versus 17 years earlier, they said, let's rule it out. Thank goodness. And that's when everything came full circle. And Terry talks about it being welcome news to him. 
It was because finally everything made sense. Nobody wants the diagnosis of cystic fibrosis, but nobody wants to have cystic fibrosis and not be diagnosed. And imagine this, Laura. My mother, she was shocked, like, where did this come from? She mm-hmm. asked me, oh, how you get cystic fibrosis? Did it pass from me? She just had many questions. I also had many questions myself. Uh, keep in mind, there's all a new area that we were trying to shine some light on. It was just different. Just didn't have any understanding. It's nothing like some understanding. And that's what we wanted to do through Noah's self is to make sure that knowledge and wisdom and understanding is there for our community and for other communities outside the African-American communities so that they can help in the process as well. Did anyone else get diagnosed in your family? The only thing made sense in the family just kind of went through a family was just kind of having some stomach problems with, you know, they had some ulcer, they, they, they had a gallbladder removed. They just had some little things they're dealing with just uh, GI problems, but it never was investigated. I'm going to elaborate even more. I was talking to his mom. Mm-hmm. He had a brother that after learning about Terry's cystic fibrosis, she believes he had the classic signs. Terry also had a sister to pass from uh, pancreas issues. Wow. Uh, one of his sisters up in Chicago. And so we wonder now, could that be cystic fibrosis? You never know. And if it were not for us making, after all those years of suffering and being seen by every specialist you can just about think of, if we didn't make that drastic, desperate, bold move to just go anew to find answers, Keep in mind, Terry would be one of those that probably end up not being here and nobody would have ever connected the dots. Wow, that's amazing. And with your mutation, are you one of the 10%, Terry, that there is not a CF modulator for? Uh, Yes, ma'am. I'm one of the 10%. But that changed December. (laughs) So so that changed recently. So he is in the, the 10%. And unfortunately, up until December 21st, it was nothing on the market for that 10% until the FDA made, you know, expanded to 600 uh, CF TR modulators. They expanded to include some of the rare mutations. And Terry, fortunately, learned on the 21st, 20, around the 21st, 22nd of December, that one of his rare mutations was included in those 600. So this is all new ground for us (laughs) to be counted and be able to take these. And we're hoping that this becomes the norm and not the exception. That CF modulator that you've been taking for three weeks, how has that made you feel? Because when one of my daughters went on it, Every day, every moment, she could feel something new happening. What's your experience been? Uh, my GI system, uh, prior to that, I was having, you know, maybe some problems with my GI. Mm-hmm. Uh, things just seemed like it just wasn't going as smooth, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. But uh, since that drug, in fact, even I can tell a difference even in my lungs, uh, even my recovery, climbing stairs, I can recover better. So the, a big breakthrough for me, I'm very happy with, with, with the process. His quality of life just seems to be improving. 
And uh, what better time if you're going to learn you have cystic fibrosis than now uh, with all the breakthrough? I would add Terry also has Percodaria sapicia. So we're looking forward to the day that a breakthrough comes out for that as well. Yeah. And anyone, if they don't know, that is just a wicked bacteria that really does, in most cases, kill someone with CF. I mean, it's that bad. And they're just really, there is no drug that can fight it right now. So it's horrible. And so we hope that, you know, there is something to deal with that as soon as possible. And getting back to your foundation, have you closed the gap in this CF community? Are you getting well-connected with African-American, maybe CF moms who have kids with CF? And how are you able to help them? Is it noticeable? Like, do they say, thank God you're here? Like, we weren't connected before. What are you seeing? It has just been phenomenal. We have had individuals to say, I thought I was the only one. We hear that so often. We have roughly 130 individuals in our group. It's probably closer to 135 now. And we have them from all over the globe. I mean, from Africa, you name it. And they are so excited to say, now I'm not alone. So we help bring information. We help bring facts. But our goal is to also, in addition to engaging and raising CF awareness, is to improve the quality of life. But we want to save lives, too. Again, if we can get the word out, don't make an assumption because you're African-American or you're brown or you're people of color or you're indigenous that you cannot have cystic fibrosis. And you know what, uh, Lauren, by having cystic fibrosis, cystic fibrosis speaks it gives out a certain sign, okay, that there's things that happens to your body showing different signs. It's a possibility you have cystic fibrosis. And we want all this to be seen now because there are so many people that suffering from this disease, especially African-Americans, wonder why they having these lung problems and, and having this pneumonia. Uh, but you got all these different signs, uh, chronic uh, migraine headaches, because by being a thick mucus, you just clogging up everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we really just want people to know, don't make the assumption you can't have cystic fibrosis Absolutely. because you're a certain racial and ethnic background. And the other thing I want to bring up is, as everyone knows now, the good thing about COVID is it raised awareness about mRNA and things that can help us in CF with new ways to take medications and also clinical trials, the importance of being a part of clinical trials and the diversity that is needed in these clinical trials. I mean, I'm sure you're telling um, African-Americans who you know to take part in clinical trials because it matters that there is representation in all these drugs before they come out that they're being tested on people of all races, very important. That's a continuous challenge. I'm from Tuskegee. I was born in a hospital. Mm -hmm. They did the Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiment. And so we've come a long ways with African-Americans being in clinical trials. Even with the COVID vaccine, there's some challenges. And that's why advocacy through groups like NOAA Self is so important to help bridge that gap, like you mentioned, 
and to rebuild that trust, make it stronger and stronger. And do you think there is a gap that is being bridged? I mean, for anyone who doesn't know about the Tuskegee experiments, I mean, can you explain it briefly why people, you know, of color would be concerned about clinical trials? It's in our DNA because with, with Tuskegee, keep in mind the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, I think it was it was roughly 40 years. It ended, to my knowledge, around 1972, and that ended because it leaked from a journalist, I believe, from New York. So we're not talking that long ago. Right. It's not hundreds of years. years. Yeah. It's not hundreds of years. And keep in mind, these individuals were told they had bad blood and even having penicillin on the market that could have helped them, um, they were not helped. So it was this mentality that African-Americans are used as guinea pigs. So you have your parents, your grandparents, your friends, and all these different things saying, don't trust the system. But we have to trust the system. And it's time to rebuild the narrative, change the narrative. And especially, Laura, when you go through this journey and you see many doctors, some doctors telling you um, that you have the worst pancreas uh, they ever seen in their life. So you're thinking, okay, if I fix this pancreas problem, then I'll fix my health problem. Mm-hmm. So, so you get the pancreas work done, but you still got some problems. So that's not the answer. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I'm so glad you're in our community. I mean, I'm sorry <laughs> that you have cystic fibrosis, obviously. I mean, I, I'm sorry about that for my kids too, but really it's made life beautiful in a strange yes. way. It's weird to say, right? But we're connected. We found each oh, other yeah. and we're helping each we're other. We're in it together. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to end on anything else that maybe I didn't bring up that you want to talk about as far as what you're doing or hope to do in the future. Well, one thing you said in this, this is a tight knit community. We're in it together. So if there's anyone that wants to partner with us to help move our mission ahead, please reach out to us. If there's anything we can do to help other organizations we're here. We can't do it alone. It takes a village. So we're here to make a difference. And that takes working together as a family. Absolutely. And I might as well ask you, Terry, you you can have a minute and one second, but I just wanted to officially ask you. So the Bonnell Foundation has the Portraits of Cystic Fibrosis calendar, and we are featuring CF foundations that are making a difference. So do both of you want to be in it? Oh, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. It would be our honor. Thank Thank you. you Well, this is wonderful. Terry, did you want to add a last word? Right. Even though this sentence, as you might think, has been put on you, the cystic fibrosis, a lot of people thinking, okay, I have cystic fibrosis, then okay, uh, that's the end of my life. It's not the end of your life. It's still yet you beginning and you're still living that life. So now you have to know how to manage the life. And and to manage that life, uh, 
you don't have to even change your diet and stuff. Since I, I've learned that I have cystic fibrosis, things I've eaten in the past uh, will even help flare it up. Now I think, okay, let me just leave that alone. Now let me change some things. Let me uh, uh, hydrate my body, keep my body more hydrated now. Just many things that we can do on our end, even just keeping a good attitude. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And you're not alone. Right. We're in it together. It's a loving community, Laura. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we will put contact information on our website and with this podcast, but Michelle and Terry Wright, co-founders of the National Organization of African Americans with Cystic Fibrosis, thank you so much um, for coming on this podcast and raising awareness. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We appreciate that. The original music in this podcast is performed by Kevin Allen. It's not complicated. Who happens to have cystic fibrosis. We all got our worries and fears. I know what's got you frustrated. But loving you is so all right. This has been the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. For more information and to learn more about the Bonnell Foundation, check them out online at thebonnellfoundation.org. That's B-O-N-N-E-L-L foundation.org. This podcast was sponsored by Vertex Pharmaceutical, the science of possibility, and produced by Jagged Detroit Podcasts.